I'm Elena Delanon of the Washington Mystics, and you're listening to the Travel Mug Podcast with Matt O'Donnell. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt O'Donnell. Villanova Wildcats, Michigan Wolverines, NCAA men's basketball title game, April 2nd, 2018. Dante DiVincenzo comes off the bench to scorch the floor with 37 points, leading the Cats to a thrilling 79-62 victory and their second title in three years. It also earns him the Final Four Most Outstanding Player Award. DiVincenzo, a high school basketball star for Silesianum in Delaware, had never started a single college game. He defies expectations again by getting drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks that summer, first round, 17th selection. Some call DiVincenzo the big ragu for his red hair. Others call him the Michael Jordan of Delaware. Though a fantastic player with a bright future, allow me to suggest that the real Michael Jordan of Delaware is not DiVincenzo at all, or a man. Deladon, left wing, trying to put the team on her back. Jumper, yes. I think the Michael Jordan of Delaware is Elena Deladon, the former University of Delaware Blue Hen, my alma mater, and current pro with the WNBA Washington Mystics. I had the pleasure of finally meeting Elena during her yearly charity event. Travel mug, here we go. Hello everyone, I'm Matt O'Donnell sitting here with Elena Deladon at Fieldstone Golf Club and you're having your foundation tournament today and it was raining a little bit and now things are looking okay. Looking decent. I'm worried about weather.com and what it's saying uh, for later, but hopefully everybody will get at least a few holes in. (laughs) We are both University of Delaware grads, both Blue Hens, very proud. And this is the first time I'm meeting you, and it's really a pleasure because you represent the school so well. Thank you. Yeah, fellow Blue Hens, we get along. (laughs) So I want to start by going into the past. Mm -hmm. Only about six years ago, I was at your game against Northeastern. You were a player. I think it was your second to last year at the University of Delaware. February 26th, Sunday, you won the game 89-71. You scored 35 points. You clinched a perfect home season. And I remember, I think it was late in the first half, you took the ball up, stopped a good five feet short of the three-point line, and drained one. And I was like, Wow. <laughs> so do you remember that game? <laughs> I don't remember that at all. I can't – I was listening to you like, what's going to happen next? Um, it's crazy. Like, I feel like I've played so many games and there's so many that it, in the moment it feels so big. But in the end, like, it's just kind of about the journey with your teammates. And then did you win a championship that year or not? <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to ask you, I mean, do you remember individual games, individual moments? Do you have, like, this – computer mind or like you said do you just really look for the end result and that's what you remember there's some games that I definitely remember like uh, when we beat North Carolina uh, to go into the sweet 16 so like huge huge moments big games like that but other than that the other ones kind of just blend together and I just remember the results all right let's gush for a little bit I already did I guess kind of you won WNBA rookie of the year you're a five-time all-star You won the MVP in 2015. You won the gold medal for the United States in the Summer Olympics, Rio 2016. You're the fastest WNBA player to reach 3,000 points. So what is there really left to do? (laughs) You didn't say I'm a WNBA champion. So uh, that's definitely the goal, and that's what's left. What are you most proud of so far? Any accomplishment, would you say? 
Um, I never really think about the individual stuff. So more than anything, I just say like being able to take, first of all, the Chicago sky from being a team that had never made the playoffs and uh, getting them into the playoffs every single year. And now with the Mystics, uh, last season we got to the semifinals, which was by far the best the franchises have ever done. So now there's just one thing left to do with the Mystics. <laughs> Sounds like you don't want to get trapped into that whole idea of being an individualistic player yeah. on a in a team game, which is, I think, kind of easy with basketball because there's only five players on the court and one person can make such a big difference. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like people, especially nowadays, are getting so into statistics and all that. Like, I don't know, just play the game of basketball, be a great team player, and elevate everybody else's game. Um, if you do that, you come away with wins. The first thing I thought when I saw you about 20 minutes ago is, wow, she's really tall. That's what everyone <laughs> thinks. Uh, your father is 6'5", your mom is above 6 feet, and I think I remember you saying you always kind of were tall right from the beginning. So how was it? Was it awkward for you as a child? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, I never had an awkward phase because it's not like I grew eight inches in a year like I was always just really tall and constantly growing so at least I didn't feel like I was tripping over my feet and all that but it was tough being really really tall um, and you know kids like to make fun of people who are different so uh, especially middle school that's when it was really tough and I actually just wrote uh, some books for middle schoolers just kind of about that and what it was like being tall, being made fun of, um, and just trying to find my way. I do want to talk about those two books. I took a look at them. I haven't read them, but uh, they look really interesting, and they're both very topical for what uh, they are. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that in one of you, you mentioned your older sister, Lizzie. Yep. And for those who don't know, and I know this is a story that you've talked about a lot, uh, she's a major inspiration for you. She was born deaf and blind, cannot speak. She has cerebral palsy. She has autism. And yet you connect with her in a way that I find astounding. How do you connect to someone, to, to your sister like yeah. that? Um, through touch, um, through feel, through being with one another. So our interactions have to be in person. It's not just simple where I can send her a text or FaceTime her. So all the interactions are in person, uh, hugging, laughing, kissing, um, all of that. It's all just feel. And it really just kind of brings you back to reality and realize, you know, the importance of not just your words, but your actions. And I've kind of always been able to learn that from her. Even before you would touch her or hug her, she knows you're there, doesn't yeah. she? She can kind of smell you in <laughs> she a way. Does. So, since she's deaf and blind, her other senses are so heightened. So she knows my smell. She knows, like, right when I see her, she'll pull my head in and smell my head, and she knows it's me. So UConn, <laughs> you figure I'd bring that up. You gave you a basketball scholarship one of the top programs in the country. You spent two days of summer school over there ahead of your freshman year, and you left, and you were like, you know, I have to get back home for Lizzie, for your family, everyone here in Delaware. How was it talking to Coach Oriema about this? And I'm sure you had to go up to him and yeah. address this personally. What was that like? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it was just an easy, normal conversation. It was awkward, and it was really hard, but he's a great person, and um, he cares about his players as people first. Um, you know, obviously he knew what I'd be able to do on the basketball court for him, but he saw that I needed to go elsewhere, and he was great. Um, he could have held on to my scholarship and kind of punished me for a year, but he let it go, and a lot, that enabled me to play volleyball. So he was super supportive, which made 
the conversation much easier than expected. You ever sit there and just say, well, I wonder what would have happened if I'd stayed at UConn. Mm-hmm. Maybe I win a championship and maybe something completely different happened. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't do the what ifs. I know I would have won several championships if I went to UConn. That was inevitable. <laughs> um, but at that point in time, that's not what was the best path for me. And I feel like the path I took has made me the person I am today. So I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm going to ask a difficult question, or maybe it's not. We'll see. (laughs) Would you ever seek to be the Billie Jean King of basketball and take someone from the NBA one-on-one? I and beat them. don't think that's necessary. I think there's too many people in society right now that want to compare men's and women's basketball, and it's a shame for both games. Um, both games are beautiful in different ways, and I think the comparisons are only hurting, so I don't think that's necessary. And one-on-one isn't our game. You know, we play five-on-five, and, um, you know, even Sue Bird has said, maybe I wouldn't beat someone in one-on-one, but I can guarantee you I'm a better basketball player than any of these people that challenge me so um no I don't think that's necessary a dignified answer from Elena Deladon which is what we should expect yeah. we're going to come back from the travel mug podcast and talk about burnout when we come right back take the travel mug with you when you go to work when you go running for a plane ride or when you just want to sit back and listen and check out my earlier episodes. Just recently, I had coffee with new Phillies manager Gabe Kapler. I had so many questions for him, and he answered all of them. The Travel Mug Podcast. Stream it on iTunes or Google Play. Back with Elena Deladon of the Washington Mystics and University of Delaware here at the Travel Mug Podcast. You wrote two books, Elena. One is called My Shot. It's for young adults. The other, L of the Ball, for 8 to 12-year-olds. What is the most important message you have for, let's say, young children? Um, Just proudly being yourself and being unique is something that's so great and so special. And for some reason, when we're young, all we want to do is fit in. But you realize as you get older that the more you stand out, the better it is. So just trying to kind of share my story with the young ones and what I've learned over the years and hope to help them if they're struggling through something. Going back to your college years, you didn't immediately play basketball at U of D. You chose instead to play volleyball, which you're a very good volleyball player too, and you called it burnout. How do you define burnout as an athlete? I think that's just when you lose passion for what you're doing um, and, you know, the outside stuff starts creeping in and um, I just needed to take a rest from it. I knew that I couldn't give, you know, my full effort if the passion wasn't there, so taking a break and playing volleyball kind of brought me back um, and the love came back for the game of basketball and then when I did pick up the ball again I kind of felt like that little girl who first picked up the ball for the first time ever um, and luckily you know I've been loving it since and my path has been a little weird and a little different but I'm thrilled with how it's gone. I heard the women's coach at University of Delaware didn't push you. She knew you were on campus but then one day you showed up at her office and it was like she hit the powerball. He said I want to play for your team now. Yeah um, she, she just didn't want to bother me um, and if she had at the time I think that would have turned me off a little bit from wanting to play at UD so her doing that was great and I kind of just was on my own time and able to find my my way back. You filled some seats. 
<laughs> yeah, we did a nice job filling out the vibe. It was I mean, crazy. The, the game I was at was packed. It, it, mm-hmm. There were people standing behind the stands. Yeah, I mean, almost every game felt like a sellout. And then, um, you know, once we got to NCAA tournament, it was like the building was going to collapse. It was so loud. <laughs> Good thing it was a new building and it was sturdy yeah, it was, enough to hold all that bad. stuff, right? So you're a multi-sport athlete. And there are not many of them, or at least there's a perception that a lot of kids just want to specialize because they want to get better at an individual sport, and they have this dream of getting a scholarship one day. What do you think about the multi-sport athlete as opposed to a person who specializes? I hate the idea of specializing. I think it's so great to play other sports, and, you know, cross-training is huge, so... um, even when I was playing volleyball, it was completely different footwork. It helped me with my timing when I was playing basketball and trying to block people's shots. So I think it's great to challenge yourself in all different sports. You meet different teammates, different coaches, and, um, you know, hopefully burnout doesn't occur when you spread it out a little bit. So you, you dabble in golf, right? <laughs> Other sports that you've played in the past? Yeah, uh, when I was little, like real little, I played soccer. Yeah, I was going to mention you probably were a pretty good soccer yeah, player. Yeah, I was right? a decent soccer player, but then I got kind of big for that. And uh, <laughs> well, You could have been the goalie and you cover like the entire right. net, right? I, I definitely should have been a goalie, but I was midfield at the time. <laughs> You've criticized WNBA for not paying its players enough. You've complained about, and this is very recent here, about how the NBA Summer League is televised, and it's sort of draining viewers away from your product, which is is on at the same time. Do you feel like you've gotten anywhere with these issues? Um, I do, because I feel like more and more WNBA players are speaking up, and the more voices we have, the more powerful we can be together. Um, we have the CBA coming up and uh, hopefully we can change a lot with the union um, and kind of push the league in a way to get better. Um, You know, the criticism isn't because I'm against the WBA in any way. I think it's the greatest league there is, but unfortunately there aren't enough eyes on it for people to see that as well. And my goal is to leave the league better than when I came in. You probably hear this a lot. People just don't want to watch because there are women playing the sport. (laughs) How do you respond to those people? without cussing uh that's a crock of you know what um and we see it when people come to the games they're into it and they're addicted to it even viewership on tv has gone up so much over the years so it's just getting people's eyes on it and um we're doing better but we have a ways to go you struggled with lyme disease i had it a couple of times obviously not as bad as you it's really it's it's no good and you still have symptoms to this day, right? Mm-hmm. How long ago did you actually get diagnosed? Yeah, I first was diagnosed in 2008, and um, it's been chronic, and I haven't been able to wipe it out um, fully. So it's something I struggle with daily and have to take my vitamins and just be really aware of my body. And, you know, there's even some days where we'll have practice, and I kind of have to just rest a little bit and be smart about it. But over these years, I've gotten pretty... Uh, smart with how to treat my body and to know when it's time to kind of back off and not send myself into a relapse. That's what this golf tournament is about. You're raising money for uh, your foundation, which focuses on Lyme disease. Explain this to me. Like some people get it and it goes away, but for you, it just won't. Yeah. um, That's the thing. The research is so far behind that people just don't know a lot about it. Even a lot of doctors aren't aware of the fact that it can go chronic. Um, And the testing just isn't great either. And then everybody's symptoms can vary. So it's a really hard disease to 
wrap your head around and that's what I'm trying to do with the foundation um, first and foremost though just trying to help patients get what they need and so much isn't covered by insurance so um, people just aren't getting the right treatment because it's so expensive you think you got it from a tick in your backyard in Delaware yeah. right yeah, good old Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of woods. In fact, we're looking at a lot of trees here on the golf course right now. Who is your favorite athlete of all time? Michael Jordan was my go-to guy. Um, we we even got, I don't know what the channel was, but something. So we were able to watch all of his regular season games when I was a kid. And then, I think it was WGN, one of those yeah, super networks, right? Maybe something Chicago, like that. Yeah, yeah. and then um, Space Jam just sent it over the top. Space <laughs> Jam. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Who's your favorite WNBA player of all time? Cheryl Swoops. Um, and She's rather recent. Yeah, and we actually have a great relationship. And, um, you know, she was just at WNBA All-Star, and we were able to, you know, chat it up. And she's got her shoes releasing again, so she sent me some of those. And um, it's great that, you know, we can have that camaraderie now. So I was going to ask this question, but I think I already know what the answer is. LeBron James or Michael Jordan as the GOAT? I mean, that's not even a question for me. What, what's your argument? Because people would say LeBron does more with less, and Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen and all these other role players. What would you say to those people? I mean, LeBron's had some great teammates. Let's not get that one uh, wrong. But I don't know. Jordan just had such a killer mentality, and um, LeBron is phenomenal. I'd say he's the next best, but there's just something about MJ that can't be matched. What if – James wins a couple of championships with L.A. Would that change your mind? No, I still don't care. MJ's my guy. <laughs> do you think the Sixers have the players win an NBA championship right now? I do. Um, they're young, so it could take a couple years, but they are so talented, and they've got guys that can do it all. So I'm actually really excited about the Sixers and want to see where they can go. The Celtics will be tough, though. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 And then the West. I mean, the, whoever comes out of the West might actually be too tired to play the East. True. Right? Hopefully they're exhausted and the East comes out on top. Do you ever run into Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons or any of the Sixers, or you're probably just too busy, right? Yeah, I haven't run into the Sixers. I am run into the Wizards all the time. Um, really good friends with a lot of those guys, and, you know, we're in the same arena and we work out side by side. So it's great, you know, being around them too. Kind of great that MJ used to play for the Wizards too, right? You yeah, got that I whole wish. MJ thing, right? <laughs> I wish he was still there. <laughs> so you play a sport that's very taxing on your knees, mm -hmm. and Carson Wentz is coming off a really serious knee surgery. And I know you don't know anything, you're not a doctor, but just describe what you've seen going from the surgery to now where he's practicing and he's almost getting ready for contact. How hard do you think this has been for Carson Wentz? Yeah, it's really tough I've seen teammates go through ACL and surgeries and all that and you know first it's just kind of getting the confidence back in your body like knowing it's going to still work the same and then from there it's the timing too so getting into practice you're working on your timing and then I can't imagine contact <laughs> um, obviously basketball is a contact sport but we're not getting tackled so you really have to just trust that your body's ready and I think the biggest thing is just not getting out there too soon like making sure you're really ready to go before throwing yourself out there I think trust is the big thing because you're always wondering yeah. am I coming back too soon and could this one pivot be the last exactly um, it's 
probably just as mental as physical, which it's crazy to think because obviously, you know, you tear your knee up, you get the surgery, and you think all physical. But mentally, it's just as important to have your head right uh, before getting back on the field. This is a throwaway question. You can answer or you don't have to. Have you ever taken a stance on kneeling in the NFL? Have you ever vocalized what you think about that? I think they should be able to make whatever statement they want. And unfortunately, people are taking it into something it's not. Um, It's not against the military by any means. It's, you know, standing for for social justice. And um, that's what's so special about the WNBA is when we want to stand for something, our league backs us. And I think the NFL needs to do the same. Have you ever looked ahead to your life post-basketball, or is this, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) that's a long way away, right? Or hopefully, you know? Hopefully, that's what I like to think, is that's way, way down the road. But, um, you know, this is why I'm doing stuff with my foundation and other things that really mean a lot to me. So I think, you know, way, way down the road, I'll be doing something that involves basketball and kids. You're already an author. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even written a book, and I was an English major in Delaware. <laughs> Maybe I'll get into like murder mysteries or something. <laughs> What's the one thing about the state of Delaware that you wish people would know more about across the country? That it's a state. Uh, I've had people ask me what state Delaware is in. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. It's the first state, so get that right. And then. It's a beautiful state. Like People try to act like, ew, why would I come to Delaware? I'm like, just come and check it out. It's gorgeous. Have you heard the Princeton Review name the University of Delaware the top party school again? No. Just this year. Really? Yes. See? There's a lot to come here for. <laughs> Did you have a good social life while you were there? I had a blast. UD was a great time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did too. Yeah, I, I agree with the Princeton Review. <laughs> Way to go, guys. How far are you off the tee when you play golf? Do you even know? Or? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I don't hit the ball. Other times I nail it. So I'm not sure. <laughs> I can imagine you probably, if you can really pump one out there and you get it right in the center of the club face, yeah. at least 300 yards. I mean, you got the arms that yeah. you know, did gravity and physics and everything. Sorry. Uh, That could be MJ. (laughs) That's that's my alarm. But, um, yeah, I've been able to hit it 300 if I really connect with it. Elena, it's a pleasure to meet you and keep representing University of Delaware and get that WNBA championship. All righty. Thank you. Thanks for joining us in the Travel Mug Podcast. Thanks. Our thanks to Elena Deladon for her time. She headed out to Indiana with the Mystics to face the Fever two days later. They won. Elena scored a game-high 25 points. Let's hope the real Michael Jordan of Delaware reaches that next goal of winning a WNBA championship this year. That's a Travel Mug podcast. Until next time, I'm Matt O'Donnell. Travel Mug, over and out.